as we were worshiping, I um, <clears throat> well, actually, before we started worshiping, I was um, thinking about this day, and on this day in 2019, the Lord spoke something to me at such a timely manner, and <clears throat> he said this. And um, I was up at family camp at this time, and I was kind of in a hard place. And, and um, he said this, Not once did I forget the promises I have made. I remember every one of them. Don't forget it. Have faith. God said on this day, 2019, not once did I forget the promises I have made. I remember every single one of them. Don't forget, have faith. The two last sentences of the statement that the Lord made, don't forget, is one of the things that we do all the time. We forget about the faithfulness of God. We forget about how good and how loving and how kind he is. And that when he gives you a promise, it is for a specific reason. He doesn't always reveal everything. He doesn't always come out and say, okay, this is what's going to happen and this is when it's going to happen. But when he gives you a promise, it is so that you hold on through all of those moments. So you never forget. Don't forget his promises. And have faith. Even this morning, I was reading in my Bible in Matthew 17. This man comes up to Jesus and complaining because his disciples couldn't cast out this demon, couldn't heal this, this, his request and couldn't meet the request that he had. And, and the disciples asked him, how come we couldn't do it? He says, because you've got to have faith. And if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, it'll work. But this kind, this kind comes by prayer and fasting. Jesus said, have faith. And, and you know, you think of that, and, and we, always, we always feel like we don't have enough faith. But Jesus clarified what he said. Have faith. And if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, have faith. Have faith. And that's what the Lord told me two years ago. Don't forget it, that I've not once forgotten every promise that I ever made, and I remember every one of them. Do not forget. Have faith. Have faith. Sometimes we just need to have faith. We just have to just determine in our hearts that we are going to trust in the, in the things that God has said. We're going to believe in the promises that he's made, and we're not going to forget it. And when our mind and our, our emotions and what we see and what we feel and what we think go opposite and completely opposite of what God has said and what God has promised, you have to have faith. You have to have faith. And that is the one thing that, that I think we forget so much is the faithfulness of God. And the reason why God tells us have faith is because that's who he is. He's faithful. He's faithful. He's dependable. He's trustworthy. How do you define faithfulness? 
It is by lasting loyalty, trustworthiness in a relationship, to be dependable, to be steady, to be secure. God wants us to understand that he is faithful. We talked several weeks ago about the love of God, and, and last week God interrupted our service, and, and, um, and, and it was just a great prayer time. But now I want to talk to you about the faithfulness of God, how he is dependable, steady, secure, that you can trust him, that he is loyal to you. Think about that, that God is loyal to you. He is truly loyal to you. You don't have to guess behind which door he's going to bless you with. He's loyal to you. And if you follow him and trust him, he will show his faithfulness. We can imagine a faithful God, but sometimes it's hard to imagine faithful people because people let us down. People forget. People, you know, I remember when my sister, I used to have to pick her up from college you know, and I had the car and she would be done at 930 and I would always forget when she got out of school. And I'm so glad their cell phones weren't invented back then because my it would have been blowing up. But I always forgot and I was not dependable or trustworthy. Even in our own family as a father, I try to be trustworthy, try to be dependable, try to be faithful. You know, when Ellie, she was going to her first basketball tournament, she had to get her lunch together. And I remember that day she was just panicking because Friday night, she says, Dad, I got to get my lunch together. I said, don't worry about it. I'll get all the stuff in the morning. But Dad, I'm leaving like at 7 in the morning. I said, don't worry about it. I get up early. I'll just go get everything you need for lunch. Don't worry about it. And she was having a panic attack. And finally, finally, Pete turned to her and said, um, Ellie, Dad knows what he's doing. He's done this this whole time. So she went to bed with one eye open, just wondering if I'm ever going to get lunch. And what happened in the morning? Lunch was there. I was dependable. I was faithful. I was trustworthy. When my daughter Olivia was, she was younger, she asked me a question one time. We had a missionary, and the missionary was talking about God, how God remembers us. And, and I remember my little daughter asked me, Olivia, she says, Dad, would you ever forget me? And I looked at her in her beautiful eyes. I said, Olivia, I'll never forget you. Never, never forget you. Just a few hours later after church, we decided to go out to eat, and uh, we go into the restaurant, and we're sitting there, and my wife says, where's Olivia? I run out to the car. She's banging on the window. Oh, you lied to me, Dad. You lied to me, right? Sometimes I'm not dependable. I'm not faithful. I'm not trustworthy. But the thing is that it shapes our perspective of God. If you have a, if you have a view of God as not being trustworthy, you'll never trust him. If you have a view of God that he will only show up, maybe if you do the right things, then you will be skeptical of him. You won't trust him. And what does Jesus tell us? Have faith. What did God tell me two years ago in, in a hard moment of my life? Have faith. And you got to have faith and understand that he is dependable. He is faithful. He is loyal. Psalm 89 says this, The heavens praise your wonders, Lord, your faithfulness too in the assembly of the holy ones. For who in the skies above can compare with the Lord? Who is like the Lord among the heavenly beings? In the council of the holy ones, God is greatly feared. He is more awesome than all who surround him. Like Who is like you, Lord God Almighty? You, Lord, are mighty and your faithfulness surrounds you. God is surrounded by the credibility and the trustworthiness of who he is. 
You don't have to guess if God is going to be faithful. You can trust and know that he is faithful. And so I want you to understand you have to determine in your mind that your God who loves you, who has sent his son Jesus to die for us, to give us this eternal life so that we can live in the kingdom now, that God, our God, is faithful to you and you can trust him. That's who he is. Example of this is in in Genesis where we see this character named Abraham. And at the time, Abraham was not a part of this this lineage that, that you would think of as God would use because his father was an idol worshiper. He wasn't exactly the, the perfect dad. He, you know, Joshua tells us that, um, Joshua 24 tells us that this is what the Lord, the God of Israel says, long ago your ancestors, including Terah, the father of Abraham, lived among the Euphrates River and worshiped other gods. So Abraham was a part of a family that wasn't necessarily serving the true God of Israel, our God today. And yet it is out of this that God calls Abraham and he says, listen, if you trust me, if you just believe in me, I am going to call you out and I am going to bring you into a promised land and I will bless you. I will bless you. Genesis 12:1 says, the Lord said to Abram, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land I will show you. First of all, when it comes to having faith, there's, there's this unknown. There's this great unknown. How is it going to happen? How? Why is it going to happen? My daughter, Lily, she's very inquisitive. She's very inquisitive. She has to know how things work. And finally, the conversation usually ends with, well, that's the way God wanted it. You know, because I can't answer all the questions she has because she's very inquisitive. But when it comes to having faith, there is this step of unknown that you have to get through. You have to say, okay, God, I'm going to make a decision to trust you. God says, I'm going to call you, Abram, out of this place. I'm going to bless you and your household, and I will show you where to go. God didn't even give him a map. God didn't even let him know where, where he was going to go, but he said, if you follow me, I will show you. But then comes a time when you must make a decision. Abraham was told that he would be blessed and that if he trusts and obey God's plan for his life. Genesis 12, 2. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. When there is some unknown in our life and it's time for us to have faith and trust in God, we have to make a decision. Am I going to trust and believe what God has said? You know, sometimes people ask me, how do you know it really was God? How do you know it really was God that said those things? Because, you know, we hear that all the time. Oh, God told me this. God said this. God told me that. And I even have people that, that question me. I have one friend that I'm talking to, and, and he says, you know, Pete, I used to trust you. I thought you were the wisest man I, I've known. But, man, I'm starting, to, I'm starting to second guess because the conversation is around what God said. And I'm holding on to what God said. And, I'm t- and I told him the promises that God, was, that God made, and I'm holding on to those promises. And I'm not going to believe what my eyes see, what my heart feels, what my mind thinks. I'm going to trust what God said. And because he doesn't have that kind of relationship with God, he's, he's, it, it's just hard for him to, to understand the, the, the trusting that I have of who God is. 
And so I've made a decision. I'm going to follow God. I'm going to believe God. What God says, what God's promised, what God has spoken, I'm going to hang on to it. And I'm going to trust that he has the ability. He has the power to make it happen. Could you imagine if God asked us in Abraham's position, I want you to leave everything. I want you to go away from all that you have known. And I want you to go to this unknown place and I will bless you. Well, wait a minute. How who, do I got to send a resume? I mean, do I do I have to fill out an application to get a job? How where am I going to live? I mean, God does this all the time. You even see this in the New Testament when Jesus told his disciples, I want you to go and I want you to preach the word. Don't take extra money. Don't take extra sandals. Don't take extra clothes. Don't even worry about where you're going to sleep because when you get there, it'll all work out. Just trust me and go to this place and trust me. And Jesus asked at the Last Supper, he says, when I asked you to go, what did you lack? And they all said nothing. You see, God has a way of making the unknown and making the impossible possible. But you have to make a decision to go. You have to make a decision to put your faith in God. And it continues in Genesis 12. It says, so Abraham went as the Lord told him and Lot went with him. And Lot, or Abraham was 75 years old when he set out for Haran. And he took his wife Sarai, his nephew Lot, all the possessions that he had accumulated and the people they acquired in Haran. And they set out for the land of Canaan, and they arrived there. And Abraham traveled through the land as far as the site of a great tree of Morah, Shechem. And at the time, the Canaanites were in the land. So here Abraham goes, and he commits. He commits to the faithfulness of God. He commits to knowing that God is faithful. And then chapter 12, verse 7, it says, The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your offspring I will give this land. And so he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. I want you to understand something that when you are willing to follow the Lord and you're willing to go where he leads you, God will show up there. God will show up there. You don't know how many times I pray, God, please bless me, please please bless me. And he will say, I will bless you here. You don't have to go run. You don't have to go look for it. Here, where you are. Because of your commitment to me, Pete, I'm going to bless you here. And Abraham went, and God says that I will give the, this land. And Abraham built an altar there. It wasn't his property at the time, and he didn't have ownership of it. But yet, when God spoke it, he believed it, and he built an altar. He built something to say, this is where God spoke to me. And you know what happened because of Abraham's faith and because of Abraham's act of worship? The Bible says that the Lord appeared to him. The Lord had appeared to him. God showed up, and he proved himself to Abram and he believed he believed the Lord said I will give this land I will you know a lot of times people say I will and they don't really mean it clean up your room clean up your room I will I will you know give me a call or text when you get there I will and she has (laughs) that's the rule tell me when you get there Make sure to pick up the milk before you come home. I will. I forget the milk, but I remember the candy bar. (laughs) When I got married, I made a vow. Will you love her? Will you cherish her? Until death do you part, I said, I will. 
And then she looked at me and said, you better. Right? <laughs> so the ideal of I will, we say that all the time, I will, because we, we're putting our, our word and our commitment behind it. But when God said, I will bless you, he is putting his will, his commitment behind it. He stands behind his promises. So when God speaks something to you, you better hold on to it. Just as the Lord spoke this to me two years ago, not one not once did I forget the promises I have made. It was, it was just the most loving rebuke that God has given me. When he says, not once did I forget the promises that I've ever made. What was he telling me? Pete, you've forgotten. You forgot that I am the one who made these promises. And I remember every one of them. Do not forget it because he's the one who spoke it. Have faith. The Lord said, I will. I will give this land. I will. It would be God who calls the blessings to happen. Think about this. It is not by you or your craftiness or your ability or your skill set or your, your status in life. It was simply God who initiated the promise and would be the one who would fulfill the promise. It would be God who causes the blessings to happen. It will be God who will make Abraham into a father. It will be God who will give him land that wasn't his and make it his children's property. It is one of the smallest little verbs that Abraham believed, I will. And everything that happened in his life was because Abraham chose to believe the word, chose to believe the faithfulness and the loyalty and the dependability and the security of the God he followed when God said, I will give you this land. I will make you a father of many nations. Are you willing to trust God when he speaks to you? Are you willing to put your life and your future, your career, your education, your marriage, your commitment with God, are you willing to put that in his hands? You'll never step out in faith if you don't trust the faithfulness of God. You will never step out in faith unless, if you do not trust the faithfulness of God. The problem is that we don't trust God who is faithful. We don't trust God who is committed and loyal. And because of that, it's hard for us to step out in faith. I'll tell you this. I've been doing this Christianity thing, Christianity thing for a while. And my wife will tell you that sometimes she thinks I'm on cloud nine with my imagination and with my dreams and with what I believe God can do. I've never gotten off that cloud. And now she joins me. Because she and I, over the years, have discovered one thing. That God is faithful. That he will never, never leave us or forsake us. Even this morning, as I read in Proverbs 15, that the Lord hears the prayers of the righteous, that he is near and he hears the prayers of the righteous. God is faithful. If you have a hard time stepping out in faith, it's because you don't trust the faithfulness of God. When God speaks a promise to you, when God says something to you, you better hold on to it and you better believe it because God is faithful. How can you have faith in God if you don't trust him? 
The question is, how can you have faith in God if you don't know him? How can you have faith in God if you haven't taken the time to study what he has promised you? And how can you have faith in God if you don't believe in his faithfulness towards his promises and his people? I look at your lives and I see the faithfulness of God. Will and I met at Walmart. It was a God moment. We were there to go pick up some things, but the pharmacy was closed. And Will was on his motorcycle, and he needed some tools to fix his car, and and I ended up having them. So we came to our house and took the tools. And as he was leaving, I made a statement. I said, Will, God must have been looking out for you. And he made this statement, always. Have faith in God. Have faith in the faithfulness of God that he is looking out for you. When you read stories like Noah and Moses and David, and, and we, we tend to look at it from our perspective. But I want you to look at it from their perspective. Noah was asked to build a boat and it hadn't even rained on earth yet. Moses was asked to go and to release the slaves from Egypt and to free them. With a staff? David was, was before a giant who had experience and had battle scars and had the ability to crush this little boy. I, I, I know that the story's great. We see these great stories, but this little kid, I guarantee you his heart was beating a thousand minutes a second because or a thousand beats a second because he is facing something. It's real. It's real. It's in front of you. But what made David step out in faith was his belief that if God saved me from a lion, if God saved me from a bear, if God has put me in this position, then I will trust that God. You have no right to talk about my God the way you do. I will slay you by his might. I come to you in the name of the Lord and some pretty shiny stones. Trust in the faithfulness of God. We look at it from our perspective because sometimes we stand before the Goliaths and we fail. Sometimes we do things in faith and it doesn't happen. It never rains. Sometimes we step out in faith and we go there with the resources that we have and we find failure after failure after failure. Listen, it's okay to struggle with faith. Just have faith. It's okay that you struggle through it. I do it. I I call it the the curing of faith, the hardening of faith, kind of like concrete. You know, when James was so good to fix our steps outside, you know, so that we can walk up on a level surface. You know, there's he you pour the concrete, but there's a process of curing, hardening, and it becomes tough and solid. And sometimes we have faith and it's it's still in the curing process. And so God uses different experiences and uses different trials and, and hardships in order to help harden that process so that you know that God is faithful and you will trust in who he is. Abraham struggled with his faith as well. You see, a lot of times, a lot of times, We don't understand what people are thinking. But when we read the text, we can see that Abraham was concerned. Some people thought that Abraham brought Lot along with them just in case everything failed. But Lot wasn't going to be the one who inherited it. 
In Genesis 15, the Bible says that the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Do not be afraid, Abraham. What does that tell you? Abraham was afraid. I've left everything for you, God. I've left everything. And I am here with my wife. And we can't even have a kid. You told me that I would have a son. And we can't even do that. And so God shows up to Abraham. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield, your very great reward. But Abraham said, Sovereign Lord, what can you give me since I remain childless? You've given me no children. And so a servant in my household will be my heir. Someone who doesn't even belong to my bloodline will inherit what I have. It wasn't Lot. It was an unnamed servant. But Abraham, deep down inside, did all of this because of what God said in chapter 12. To your offspring, I will give this land. To your offspring. Not to your servant. Not to someone who, who is just a part of your household. But I will give you this. And I want you to know this. You need to hold on to the promises that God has given you. Not by what you see or what you think or what you feel or, or what you expect. Get rid of all that stuff. Get rid of all that. Remove that from your mind and settle in and concentrate on what God has said to you. Because I guarantee you there are many days where Abraham sat there and said, I remembered what you said, Lord, to my offspring, to my child, to my seed, to my, my son, who you will give me. To that seed, you will give this land. You have to remind yourself. You have to protect yourself from strain. You have to believe that God is faithful. And so God made a covenant with Abraham, and he took the animals, he cut them in half. And it was uh, uh, the way they would do a contract and basically, they signed an agreement, and so they had this sacrifice there. And the Bible says that the birds would come, and they would try to eat the sacrifice, right? It's free food. But Abraham would drive them away. Why? Because Abraham was protecting the covenant, the promise, the agreement that God said. You need to protect what God has said to you. You need to hold it close. Why do you think I journal? Why do you think I write down all the things that God has said, even the, the little blessing that I was able to be in Will's life just the other day, I write that down. Why? Because there's going to be times when I'm going to think that God isn't with me. There's going to be times when I think that God isn't looking out for me. He doesn't see me. And yet here is this young man who has enough confidence in his God to say that he always looks out for me. Have faith. Trust. Believe in the faithfulness of God. So the question is, can you believe in God's faithfulness today? Maybe you can't see what's going on. Maybe you feel afraid and scared. Maybe you're frustrated because things aren't happening on the time, timeline that you want. Or maybe you just feel so down because you feel that God has disappointed, let, it, let you down. Maybe you feel like God it will never restore or never mend the broken relationships and the situations that you are in. Or maybe you're here today 
and you're afraid and you're angry. As your pastor, as your friend, as a brother in Christ, all I want to tell you is just have faith in God. I don't know how he's going to do it. I don't know when he's going to do it. But I do know that when he promises he will do it, have faith in God. Don't be afraid. Trust him.